Hello and welcome to Critical Nine Liner. My name is Tom Ramblick. Thank you for joining me for this particular podcast. It's been about a week or so since the federal budget and everybody's been analysing it and wondering what the consequences are for them and for their future, particularly in the environment of a pandemic. One of the critical areas, of course, is small business and the impact not only the pandemic has had on small business, but what impact the budgetary measures that were announced by the Federal Treasurer, uh, Josh Frydenberg, are going to have on small business as it emerges from the current paralysis brought on by the pandemic and the current you know, environment in terms of employment and the supply issues with suppliers, creditors, and other things. So joining me today for this podcast is someone who knows a lot about it because there is client base. Um, Sam Allard is the CEO of Reckon, as Reckon produces all rain, all manner of software and compliance tools for people. And Sam's going to take us through what Reckon has as a, a perspective on the federal budget and what issues look like emerging over the next little while. Sam, thanks for joining me. Thanks very much, Tom. Pleasure to be here. And thank you for, for your time. Now, the, the, there have been a range of complications with with the coronavirus for small business. Yes. Um, what, how do you see the federal budget measures in concert with what's happened over the past six to nine months with coronavirus? Yeah. Well, obviously, Tom, it's it's been a year like no other, um, and and really, it, it to to me or or, or to reckon it, our, and our client base, it would feel like a budget like no other, um, and I, and I think the year has almost gone in in two halves. So we've got the the devastating pandemic affecting uh, communities and and economies around the world, health and and economically, and so the first half of the year was was really about investing in the comedy in the economy to keep us going so that was all stimulus and investment to keep us going and 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 what the budget's really doing is investing in the future and our economic recovery um and i'd I'd have to say so we we did a survey pre-budget we surveyed over well over a thousand small businesses not only reckon clients but small businesses all over australia and we asked them what's What's the top things they're looking for from the budget and, and how are they feeling um, coming up to the budget? And look, obviously, there's a lot of fear out there. I, I, I think as an interesting statistic we got back, Tom, one in four of our respondents, so so you know, 23% of people said they're not going to exist or their business is not going to exist this time next year without government support. Um, and, and so it was critically important that the government, Josh Rydenberg, Scott Morrison and their teams um, delivered economic stimulus, tax relief, um, and and also, I guess, got the economy going, got some cash back in the economy uh, and and got us all moving. And so I think based on the the wish list that we saw from small businesses, um, I'd have to say it feels like the government's done a really good job and, and Kind of hit the nail on the head with their intent and and their drive to stimulate the economy and invest in the future. Now, 
I, I don't get into to politics or political commentary so much, Tom, but um, I, I, I do sort of watch from afar and I think it's very easy to address or, or highlight shortfalls or shortcomings, um, especially when you've got two sides in politics. Uh, they always like to highlight the issues of the other party. So, I, I, you know, overall, I think the budget, the, the government's done a great job delivering this budget. There's no doubt that there could have been some other areas they looked at, and there's no doubt there's going to be some commentary around, well, they didn't get this right. But, but overall, I, I mean, the top three things that small businesses were looking for in, in our survey was job creation and, and reducing unemployment. Um, I was going to say, not surprisingly, the number two was mental health support, uh, and the third one was was income tax reduction and, and personal income tax reduction, and all three of those have been addressed and invested in 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 this budget. One of those, uh, one of the points you made, if I can, if I can dial back a bit in the answer you've just given. Uh, one of the things that uh, you mentioned was the fact that uh, there's a continual ping pong between political parties yeah. uh, and, and, and commentators, not just political parties. Little bit. Uh, to what extent do you feel the that adversarial um, nature or that kind of gladi- gladiatorial uh, climate uh, creates a, or adds to the environment, if you like, of despondency amongst business people? I think it's hugely unproductive. Um, I don't have a solution for it. Like, we, we need multiple parties of government. Like, you can't have one side. We're not, we're not a dictatorship. Yeah. Um, but, but I think you, you also said a good point there. So, so you've not only got different parties arguing and and playing um, popularity ping pong, Um, but you've also got other commentators and and you've got the media. And uh, over recent years, I would say the media is actually the worst commentator on it. And and, and I think the reason for that is that, I guess, the access to information and the whole clickbait scenario that they're that the, the media wants you to click on the article, so they're going to give an extremist headline that, that actually is blowing a uh, maybe a small issue or, or maybe not even the most important issue, but it's just blowing it out of perspective. And if, if everyone's watching our back for um, false information or uh, critical information or, you know, you know, or, or just to stay in your role, if you've got to put 25% of your time into that, that's 25% less time you can put into making the right decisions on economic policy and driving the country forward. And again, I don't, I don't get into political, political commentary, but just have a look at what's happening in almost every state at the moment. But particularly, uh, I, I mean, in Victoria, Dan Andrews un, under um, a lot of scrutiny and pressure. And, and again, I'm I'm not going to comment on that. I might come back to lockdowns and border closures later if appropriate. But but also then have a look in New South Wales and 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 what Gladys the, the pressure she's under and 
again, I don't want to comment too much on it, only that I say I think she's done an amazing job and not just through COVID, but in, in her leadership and she led us through the bushfires um, and, and now due to some, a personal relationship many years ago, that's all the media wants to talk about. It, the, there's an underlying um, thing that I guess has concerned me for a while and it's clear that it concerns you. And that is that there's, do you consider the current environment one where you're unable to discuss the nuance of particular policy or particular developments without somebody wanting to oversimplify it? Um, yes, although I think simplifying it sometimes is important, especially for the wider <laughs> community and, and, and small business. I, I think more... You know, we need rigorous debate of policy, taxation, compliance um, for the betterment of the country and the economy and jobs and industry and everything. And, and so you need that debate. But I've, I worry personally that uh, sometimes in politics and often in media, uh, the debate is not with the right intent. It's not with the long-term view. It's with the short-term view of either getting more clicks on an article or, uh, you know, knocking a party out of, out of favour so that that party can get in. So I think the problem is we need to have a debate with all, all, all having the debate with the right long-term intent for the right of the economy. Uh, one of the things that you mentioned earlier is the, the mental health measures, the budget has got in place and, and, and some of the other initiatives that have come into play since COVID uh, has been around. And you're pretty well connected with the people that use your products and uh, mm -hmm. and your network of uh, partners. Are you hearing much in the way of the from them uh, with respect to the mental health impact on, on practitioners um, out there in small business or in accounting firms? Yeah, it's 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 very real and and it's a it's a genuine problem. I think it's wonderful to see and 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 lucky I guess before COVID that that mental health was a much more acceptable topic. We could all talk about it, whether you're a business leader, a, a sports person, um, and and I think that's super important going going forward it can't be swept under the carpet or, or anything like that so that's great and, th and then I guess I was openly Tom I was probably a little surprised that it was it was number two for our survey respondents to say the number two thing they are looking for so 70% of respondents said they're looking for mental health support so that that really to us highlighted just how important it is. And, and in fact, I guess unsurprisingly, it was the number one um, um, request for small businesses in Victoria. So I, I think it's, it's excellent to see the government's announced, uh, I think the number was circa 5.7 billion worth of additional mental health support and specifically uh, mental health support for small businesses. Um, and, and I think that's super important. And then you, you, you mentioned the professional advisors, Tom. I, I uh, First of all, a shout out to them. I've done this a couple of times. But 
we at Reckon have really spoken about the accounting, bookkeeping, financial advice community as the frontline workers of the economic impact. And just, just to share some stories. So yes, we provide software to small businesses, but 50% of our business is providing software to accounting practices. And accounting practices are businesses themselves. So all of our Reckon APS or Reckon Elite clients, I mean, you're running an accounting practice, they've got the exact same problem as all of their clients. They had to all of a sudden go into lockdown. They had to make sure their systems and their, their team were safe and their systems worked and they, and they could continue their business operating. And then at the same time, they were getting their clients ring them. So they were getting inundated with uh, questions and issues about how do I keep my business going? How do I get government stimulus? How do I apply for JobKeeper? Uh, the, the, the tax office portal's down. What do I do there? How do I get tax relief? So I, I really uh, credit the accounting and bookkeeping profession for, for what they've done. I mean, I know some practices that have been busier than ever dealing with very tough situations with businesses that are struggling, but also dealing with the fact they're trying to keep their business running in a, in a, uh, uh, you know, in a pandemic, essentially. So I think accountants and bookkeepers have done an amazing job uh, that said, again, we've got to think about mental health. And um, before we started recording, you and I were talking about Andrew Conway and the team at the IPA. And we, we work closely with them um, with, with some of our software solutions. And Andrew and I and both of our teams, we're all big supporters of, of the importance of supporting not only businesses, but the profession, the accounting profession with mental health. Um, because they're, 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 they've got this, this, the challenge of running their own business and then the challenge of supporting all of their clients who now more than ever are, are going through tough times. There is something uh, that is aligned with that. You know, the minute you uh, lock down a state or lock down, a, lock, lock down a, a, a local government area or a state as has happened here in Victoria or you know, an entire country, uh, people then turn to technology to try and continue doing what they would otherwise do in their office. Did you find any, did you have to do anything at Reckon to um, uh, upgrade or uh, change any any products for, uh, to, to assist people in, in getting themselves fit to work yeah. remotely? That, that, that is an excellent question, Tom. And, and again, we've, so we've got different software for, for different industries. So we've got software for the small business sector running their accounting and payroll, and we've got software for the accounting profession running their, their practice management and, and compliance. And short answer is yes, we, we did have to move quick, and I'll, I'll give you that example. And, and then a, I guess a longer answer is fortunately... Um, all of our newer applications and our big focus over a number of years now has been cloud and, and cloud first. So fortunately, technology today really enabled businesses and accountants to work remotely. Um, and, and then I think and, and really love the effort that the whole Reckon team put into, it, it was working with clients who may have even been on old versions or may have not yet been in the cloud um, but it was all about education and support. So 
we, we didn't have to make so much of a change there, but we really had to educate, support, and in some cases really help clients uh, get access to their systems if they weren't already in the cloud. And some of our software's not in the cloud, so, so we, we really had to move there to support them. Where we did have to make a change was um, JobKeeper. Uh, and, and also with, with every tax change and um, uh, tax rate change or, or legislative change that, that impacts a, a particular percentage or a way you calculate things, we have to change our payroll software, our taxation software, our, our accounting software, uh, and make sure that our clients all have that latest version and update. So there was definitely a few changes like that. But the biggest one we saw was JobKeeper. So JobKeeper, um, you, could, you, could, you could request JobKeeper and then track your JobKeeper payments a, a couple of ways, one through your advisor. But the, the most popular way and the way the government really wanted people to manage their JobKeeper was through single touch payroll. And single touch payroll has been legislated now uh, for a bit over a year for, for all businesses. But the ATO knows and, the, and they share the stats that there's still circa 250,000 businesses that are not single touch payroll compliant. So we, we had to make sure that our single touch payroll software was JobKeeper enabled and that all of our clients could easily submit, receive and report on their JobKeeper um, uh, payments. And, 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 and we did that. Um, and then also we did see, interestingly enough, uh, one of those kind of good news in a bad situation uh, area, we did see a real spike in uh, people taking our, our single touch payroll app and our, our uh, payroll app. So we, we've got a free single touch payroll app where people can manage their single touch payroll and, and JobKeeper information. So we saw a real spike in, in new trials and new users coming on board because of that compliance obligation. Okay. Uh, you, you mentioned that there were still people uh, who were uncomfortable with the cloud or didn't quite trust the cloud to deal with their data properly. Um, how much work did, did your uh, your team have to do to, to put people at ease? Yeah, that's an ongoing discussion and, and it's one that's, that's <laughs> probably less... Uh, it, it, each day almost, there's less people worried about the cloud. I mean, just look at what we do. And, and everyone uses internet banking as, a, as an example. We've been doing that for many years. I, I use whatever you do on your mobile, that's completely in the cloud. And, and look at everything that's been shared on an app. So I, I must say it's, it's, it's very much a declining number of clients. That said, we do, we do offer products that aren't in the cloud in, in, in all of our areas. Um, and we support those businesses. And typically they're either, they're often quite sizable businesses, Tom, and, and that's because they've been in business for a number of years. They've had our software running their business for a number of years. It's not a cloud version uh, and they prefer just to keep all of their data and systems the way they've done it for, forever. Um, we, we support those clients, that's, that's absolutely fine. Uh, we, we obviously also encourage and give them a, a, a complete upgrade path to the cloud. So it, but it is, uh, sorry, I've probably gone on a bit, that was a bit long-winded, but, but it is an ongoing education piece um, yep. in terms of the, the benefits and also the speed. So for our cloud versions, as an example, any tax 
rate change, any JobKeeper change, the minute we put that in, it's in the software and everyone gets access. For our non-cloud yes. clients, uh, we we put that in the software and we make it downloadable for them. And so, so you know, if they weren't looking for that download, they, they're potentially using something with a, with last year's tax rate in it. That's a, that's an interesting point. I mean, in a, in a previous life, uh, I happen to deal with the occasional member of a, an organisation that still did tax by paper, uh, tax returns in a, in a paper format, and wondered why the clients were no longer uh, were, were no longer contact, contacting him for information. The clients had discovered they could lodge the tax returns on their own via my gov. Yes. Uh, and that was one practitioner uh, in particular who refused to com- use computers, feared catching a virus uh, and all that kind of thing, and business just went out the door. So that's uh, it's an interesting... It's interesting to see people still hold on to some of the other yeah, other things. I must again reiterate it's it's a it's a it's a smaller amount each day. Um, yep. And and really, but your point's an interesting one. And and I'll just say that we we spend a lot of time educating the small business market and the accounting profession just in what trends are happening in technology, and and it's moving very fast. It's moving faster than I think we've ever seen before. Not just technology, but worldwide change and. And again, never before increased as fast as we've seen in a, in a year with COVID of, of, of all of the changes we've had to experience. But our point is, have a look at your business, take, take stock, you know, do, do the, the old adage, sit back, take a breath, check in with your goals, how's the business going, what's working well, uh, what can be improved, and then have a look. Once you've done that, then have a look at your technology. I think sometimes people are, are convinced by the advertising of, you know, download this latest version of software will solve your problems. Well, maybe they didn't have that problem in the first place. So, so we, we do spend a lot of time trying to educate business and accountants in, uh, in all of the options, but also making sure that it aligns with their business goals and, and requirements. I guess we, we, I'm mindful of the time, uh, Sam. So, the, the, the couple of other uh, other minor issues I wanted to touch on. You deal in the accounting compliance space with the products you produce. Yes. Uh, how complex, in your view, is the is the environment becoming? Um, mm. from, from your perspective as a CEO as well, and also as someone who heads a team that, that deals with trying to make the world more workable and accessible to people. Yeah. Uh, not coming, but is extremely complex. We, are, we have very, very complex compliance legislation and therefore processes. Now, again, I wish I had an easy answer to solve that. I don't. And we work very closely with the ATO and the government on compliance changes and and everything. But there's no question that if you surveyed accountants and businesses and said, what's one thing we could do to streamline your process, make everyone more profitable, more efficient, it would be reduce red tape and reduce the compliance 
burden of the process and the obligation. And look, it exists for the right reason. I don't, I don't disagree with compliance. It, it's there for the right reason. Um, but we have, yeah, we do have a very, very complex tax system in, in and, and compliance system in Australia. So I think it goes back to our earlier point, Tom, actually, about the one way to change that would be positive legislative change that simplified things and streamlined things. But I think often that doesn't get brought up by governments for fear of uh, losing power. And, and so it's, you know, sometimes maybe the bigger decisions or harder decisions aren't being raised and debated because they understandably want to stay in government rather than let's have real serious tax reform and legislative change discussions. And that's, uh, that's certainly something that, that uh, people will need to do in the next little while. Uh, Sam, I'm, as I said, uh, I'm mindful of the time, uh, but one of the things I do want to do is to for you to tell people where they can find some of the material that, that Brecken's got. Um, where can they, they want to know more about the company. Where can they, where can they all go? Yeah, very proudly share that with you, Tom. So, so uh, <laughs> go go to our go to our website. It's it's all there, and that's just reckon dot com. Um, but but those who might not be aware, I mean, we're a very proud Australian company in business for thirty years, listed on the ASX for twenty years. Um, Australia is our our head office. Uh, I'm sitting in the office here in North Sydney. We employ circa three hundred people. Um, but we also have offices. We've got a big New Zealand team and client base, and we've also got offices in the US and, and the UK, albeit a smaller part of our business. Um, but yeah, if you go to reckon.com, um, obviously there'll be everything from about us and, and, and our solutions uh, and, a, and, a, and a really funny photo of me on there. <laughs> okay. <laughs> Look, Sam, uh, it's been great chatting with you about you know the budget business conditions and the way in which people have tried to handle the, the transition from working in an office to working at home during COVID. Thank you so much for joining me. No, thank you, Tom. My pleasure. Uh, and hope we can do this again. And to the listeners uh, out there, stay safe, look after each other and uh, have a great weekend. I agree. Stay safe.